0: EO Fire, 1297.
1: Investments that increase your brain and your ability to deliver value will be the most invaluable because they can never be taken away from you.
0: Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. EOFire.com is your go to resource for everything you need to rock your entrepreneurial journey. Ignite. Entrepreneurs near and far. John Lee Doom is here and I'm fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Garrett Gunderson. Garrett, are you prepared to ignite?
1: Oh, you know I am, man. Yes! You know I am. <laughs>
0: Garrett is a champion of finding spendable cash for entrepreneurs without having to work harder, take more risk, or increase overhead. His firm was named to the Inc. 500. He has a New York Times bestselling book and has appeared on CNBC, Fox News, ABC, and contributes to Forbes. Garrett, take a minute. Fill in some gaps to that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: Well, I'm married and I have two young kids. And when I say young, 8 and 10 boys, totally rambunctious. Uh, (laughs) I I just got to say, I live a life that I love. I'm into, you know, we have a cabin. We love to travel. And I do what I love pretty much every day. I'm not going to say business is always, you know, roses and great but the challenges are always worth it because the vision's compelling enough. And I love the world of finance simply because there's so much misinformation and there's so many entrepreneurs that get misguided by handing their money aside to a financial planner that doesn't understand what it means to be an entrepreneur. And so I feel like the voice and the advocate for those entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, I just I remember stuff in finance really easily and enjoy talking about it and look forward to simplifying it for people.
0: Garrett, I love that you said that because it's overcoming the challenges, Fire Nation, that makes this all worthwhile. If it was all roses and unicorns and rainbows, it'd be boring. It'd be bored of our minds. Like, where's the sense of accomplishment of overcoming nothing? Like, we want obstacles that we have to climb. We want to get knocked down. Why? So we can get back up. I mean, that's what we do as human beings, especially as entrepreneurs. Now, Fire Nation, if you're recognizing Garrett's name or his voice or both, he was episode 161 of EO Fire. That is 1136 episodes ago, almost four years ago. So if you want to go back and hear a really raw JLD in a really rocking Garrett, because he was rocking back then as well, uh, just go back and listen to that. You can go to EOFire.com, just type Garrett in the search bar. He crushed that interview, and he went back way into his journey. We're going to keep things more present this time around, and there's going to be a ton of value bombs that we're going to drop but first and foremost Garrett, what are the ways that you today generate revenue in your business?
1: We generate revenue in a couple of ways. One, we do have educational products that are everything from a weekly publication to a uh, step-by-step course to teach entrepreneurs how to get economic independence to a 3-day workshop on wealth acceleration, but Really, our flagship stuff is we meet with people one-on-one and help them get their financial house in order, show them how to keep more of the money that they make right? That's the first piece. So where they're overpaying on taxes, overpaying on insurance or on interest, which a lot of entrepreneurs are, or where they have hidden fees and commissions inside of investments. And we help them reclaim that money, put it back in their pocket. So they end up with a lot more peace of mind and a lot more focus on their business and show them how to swing for the fences in their business because they know their cash flows covering their expenses whether they show up to work or not the next day.
0: Garrett, if you could break down your avatar, you know, your perfect client, that person that if he he or she was to come to you, you were to say, that person was born for what I do. What does that person look like?
1: That person is somewhere between age 40 and 55. They're married. They have at least one child at home. They have more than one loan. They're an entrepreneur that knows how to generate revenue, probably in the neighborhood of one to two and a half million dollars of revenue that's coming in and they feel like they're overpaying on taxes. Heck, they might even own a physical location for the building that they operate in, and they don't love their investment strategies as they exist today. I know we're going to hit home runs for them. When people make 10 million in revenue or more, we can still help them, but we know they're probably getting better advice. And if someone's just starting out making a few bucks, we can help them, but probably not on the one-on-one side, more on the uh, workshop side and with the videos.
0: Fire Nation, do you see how precise Garrett is? I mean, he knows inside and out who he can hit a home run for. I need you to listen to people like Garrett and identify the avatars in your business that you can hit home runs for because especially when you're starting off Fire Nation you're getting your footing, you can't be wasting a ton of time, energy, and bandwidth on people who aren't in your avatar range. Now, Garrett, let's focus this back to you and talk about your journey as an entrepreneur. And you've had the ups yeah. and the downs, and we talked about a, a really big, tough time that you had back on episode 161, but bring us to a a, a tough entrepreneurial moment that you've experienced over the last few years and share that moment in time, that story with Fire Nation.
1: I'll uh, be really brief on the first piece and then I want to go into a little bit more detail on the second piece. So, you know, I I recently um, decided to buy a business not too long ago and the other uh, partner that I had in that business we just had different ways of operating. We lived in different locations. Um, this is someone who's had a lot of success in business in the past, very charismatic person, but was kind of moving towards a new phase with having a new, you know, a new child and even kind of looking at semi-retirement where I'm like even more aggressive in what I'm working in every day and even more clear that I want to get a million entrepreneurs to economic independence during my lifetime and so the two different pacings in the structure, that was a challenge because we really expected it to be a home run. And in reality, it just wasn't quite a perfect fit. So that was that was pretty difficult. But I do want to jump back to a realization I had less than six months ago. See, when I decided to be an entrepreneur, yeah, I I owned a business when I was 15 detailing cars and I started in financial services when I was 19 years old, which is fine, but I was still going to college. So it was kind of like a part-time gig. And as my family called it, my not real job, right? Right. Like like, when you're going to get a real job, you know, you're doing this business thing and my family all kind of came from this world of, you know, coal miners. I mean, basically my dad, my grandfather, my great grandfathers were all coal miners, I didn't really have any entrepreneurial examples in my family other than there was a little glimpse with my grandfather because he did own a TV repair shop that he did on the nights and weekends. And he was in a band playing the accordion and they traveled kind of throughout the state and did a bunch of gigs on a lot of the weekends. So he had these two ventures, but they were kind of on the side. And you know what? When I was graduating college where no longer was it going to be, you know, I had college as this excuse of what I was doing. And so it wasn't a full business. Like my family was not supportive. And as a matter of fact, my grandfather, who's really my hero, his sister went in the hospital And they had a half a million dollars in a bank account that was really his and his other two sisters, not just the one sister, but because his oldest sister never got married and took care of mom. It was all in her name. And now they're worried about, hey, this is all going to go away because of if she gets into a nursing care facility and all the expenses with medical bills and all this kind of stuff. And so they called on me, not as the kid with the part-time business, but like, can you help us? And I did. But even after I did, My grandfather kind of looked at me and said, "What are you going to do? You know, like what are you going to do for a career? What job are you going to take?" Even after I helped him out, and I remember because I I thought so much of him, spent so much time with him, even you know driving around in his red van to go fix TVs and touching them where I wasn't supposed to and getting (laughs) shocked and all that kind of stuff you would expect from a little entrepreneur, right? (laughs) Asking a million questions. You know what happened was. I got more depressed during that last year of school and college because I was getting offered jobs from Arthur Anderson, which, by the way, doesn't exist. Merrill Lynch, they got annihilated. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, the list goes on. Strong investments, the number two investment fund family in the world at the time, gone now. Bear Stearns, see ya. Yeah, they're sitting there asking me to go work for them because they thought, oh, these are good opportunities. And every professor I talked to was encouraging the same thing. But you know what? I didn't do that. And actually, one of my professors that was a fund manager first became a client. And the dean of the school said, you're making more than your professors. Why are you listening to them? And I took that entrepreneurial leap. And it was a leap of faith. And it was against all my family's, you know, good wishes and what they wanted for me. But I got to tell you, when I sat down six months later and showed my grandfather my bank account for my first six months, in an entrepreneurial venture and a check that I got in one day, which dwarfed what I would have made in a year with any of these other firms, the check I got in one day, he didn't go another day of his life without telling me how proud he was because he realized I changed the destiny of our family by, by not no longer being a slave to jobs and unions and all the stuff that these coal miners went through. But instead, chasing something I was passionate about that mattered and it was on my own accord, even though there's a lot of support and a lot of people around me, I had to be responsible for the actions. And that leap was the toughest but most rewarding financial decision and business decision of my life.
0: So Gary, your grandfather got it and he continued to thank you daily whenever he had the opportunity. What about the rest of your family? Did they all get it? Were some slower to come around or some still not having come around?
1: What's crazy is my mom worked for me for a decade now. (laughs) Hey, so, <laughs> and, and when her mom was really sick, my grandma was really sick. My mom had ultimate flexibility to go take care of her, Ugh. something she could have never had in another job. And I said, you know what? You've served me well. You've been there for me. And by the way, it wasn't like just by making that choice to be an entrepreneur, everything was roses. I mean, when I launched Killing Sacred Cows and wanted to hit the New York Times and real estate was really melting down and the wor- the economic world was changing, my grandma and grandpa and my mom... They actually lent the business money to keep it going strong and still fulfill the vision because I was thinking about not launching the book. And they said, no, we believe in you. So what a turnaround that my mom actually came to work for me. And her and I probably had the biggest fights about my career and what I was choosing. (laughs) And I mean, my little sister. My little sister, I should get her connected with you because I'm thinking I'm, you know, really leading the family, doing all this kind of stuff like so cool. One day I find out my little sister has the second most popular blog in all the teaching world. I found it out because she was paying cash for her car. And for her home that was super nice, I'm like, you're a teacher and your husband's a security guard. What's going on? I'm like, oh my God, you're an entrepreneur. I love it. Like, how can I support you? You know? And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's widely supported within the entire family now, but early on, it really wasn't.
0: Oh, yeah. Get an email connection going. We got to get her on the show, no doubt.
1: Oh, and she's got so much personality, man. You'll, you'll love it.
0: Oh, I love that. Garrett, Fire Nation, our listeners, our entrepreneurs, our small business owners, some people are rocking it. Some people... You know, honestly, they're in their cubicles right now listening to this, doing their side hustle, like saying in two, three years, they're going to make their leap. Like, what do you want to make sure that the listeners, this diverse listenership of EO Fire gets from the story that you just went through, from what you just shared?
1: It's not the easiest choices and decisions, and you're not always going to have the support. But what I know for sure is if you succumb to just the ordinary and just being stuck in a job like there's two ways to live hard, easy or easy, hard. You do the easy thing. You stay where you're at. Life gets harder every year because you don't feel fulfilled. You don't, you you feel that burning, you know, and and then maybe you start to become a little bit more bored with life versus do the hard thing, which might be, you get that, you know, you, 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 treated as an independent contractor, you get that side job, you you drive an Uber car, you Airbnb your home, you do whatever it takes to build up that liquidity, that savings, that cash flow and secure your family. But it's worth that extra hard work now because life gets easier when you follow something that matters, when your vision is more compelling than the mundane tasks that you might have to do along the way to build the platform or the path. So here's the thing. Look, you might not succeed as quickly as you want and you will have failure along the way but what you can do is get with other entrepreneurs and fire nation and we'll share scars because everyone's had those setbacks which became greater lessons which became fuel for the fire which became the thing that led them to the next level so as long as you're not worried about what other people think but you're more worried about what you can contribute and what you can give and you find a vision compelling enough that it lives in your heart instead of on a wall then you're going to have the power to move forward.
0: I think a quote that really ties this all together, Fire Nation, is that entrepreneurs are willing to work like others aren't so that they can live in the future like others can't. And and that's what it takes sometimes, you to put that nose to the grindstone and make it happen and know that you're moving towards something meaningful. Now, Garrett, what is your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur?
1: Management. <laughs> you know, I'm not as good at the management, the how and the when. I'm much more about the vision, the what and the why. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm better on, on stage than I am one-on-one sometimes. I, You know, so a lot of it's just the kind of the managing systems and building systems. So thankfully, I've hired that out. But if it was left to my accord, it would be a bit of a mess.
0: And Fire Nation, this is where you need to sit, step back and say, hey, I know my strengths as an entrepreneur. I'm going to spend my time amplifying my strengths, becoming great as something that I'm really good at. Garrett's going to become great as something he's really good at. He's really good at speaking on stage. Guess what, he became great at it because he focused on that. He didn't focus on becoming okay at something that he was crappy at, because that's a waste of time. Nobody wants okay. Hire people that are great where you're crappy. Now, what, Garrett, is your biggest strength?
1: I think my biggest strength is taking a mundane topic, or at least how most entrepreneurs view it, of finance and making it entertaining, compelling, and simple enough for them to take action on where they don't feel confused anymore and they don't feel like it's scary. So I just, I think I'm really good at simplifying it.
0: Gary, you have a lot of things right now going on that you are fired up about, rightfully so. But what's the one thing that you can break down to Fire Nation, to our listeners? This is your stage, my friend. What do you want to share with us that you are more fired up about right now than anything else?
1: In 2008, when I wrote Killing Sacred Cows, I vowed, I don't want to do a book ever again. (laughs) And a lot of it was because I was caught up in being the CEO of my company and trying to get better on stage and traveling and recruit. Like I was doing too much. Now what fires me up is I have a CMO who's fantastic. His name's Matt. I've got a CEO named Norm who's just awesome. I've got amazing financial architects. So I've got this incredible team. And I just finished a book last week. I have another book that is being shopped to a New York publisher right now. And I have another book coming out next year that's with Bard Press, which is an amazing publisher. So now I have three books because I've got the time. I've got the space. I've been doing more thinking. I've spent a lot more time with my family. My wife never complains that I'm away too much <laughs> because I'm you know, i not so immersed in all the minutiae of my business. So I feel like the business has matured. And now I've been able to think about what is it that we're up to? Why do we do what we do? How do we know if we're succeeding? Asking those kind of questions and getting paid to think rather than getting paid to do, which at the same time, I mean, my thoughts are turning into books. And I just think, Budgeting Sucks, which is a book coming out soon. I just think that's going to be a game changer for people on how to really build an infrastructure to capture wealth along the way without using every bit of their mind power in the world of constraint and sacrifice, but it gets them to continue to think of growth or five day weekend, which is how do they get reclaimed three days back from the industrial revolution and come into the new age that lets them live a life that they truly enjoy. And they forget this concept of retirement because they enjoy life along the way And the book that I just finished, what would the Rockefellers do, which is why are the Rockefellers still succeeding as a family and passing on wealth? And why did the Vanderbelts completely fail? And the number one reason that people get wealthy is because they're entrepreneurs, because 91 percent of people worth five million or more have one thing in common. They're entrepreneurs. So that my guides are the books for the entrepreneurs, the voice that isn't out there in most of the world of finance, which teaches most people how to be middle class and in a job. I want to speak to the world that I get, the the world that I understand, the world that I love, which is entrepreneurs, which means, you know, I've made so many friends over the last decade with entrepreneurs because of the value that we create, because of what we're up to, because we're passionate about it. And like, I look at, you know, almost every one of my friends has been a client or we're up to great conversations. So I don't know, I guess I'm excited about too many damn things. Sorry about
0: that. (laughs) Value bombs, Fire Nation. Garrett is dropping. And if you think you've been hearing value bombs thus far, just wait till the lightning rounds. But we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. When I first started out with email marketing, I was pretty lost. I didn't have the tools available to help me create targeted, personalized emails. Then I found out businesses that leverage marketing automation see a 53% higher conversion rate than those using traditional email marketing. That's when I knew how important it would be for me to start leveraging marketing automation because with marketing automation, your email campaigns can listen, learn, and adapt based on the contact's behaviors. An active campaign makes it fast and easy to create this type of dynamic marketing. Active Campaign is a beautiful intuitive platform. No need to hire consultants. Plus, they can offer pricing that's accessible no matter how big or small your company is. When you sign up for Active Campaign, there are no training fees and no contracts. Ready to start marketing smarter with Active Campaign? See why thousands are upgrading to a more intelligent marketing solution. Sign up for a free 14-day trial now. No credit card needed. Visit activecampaigncom five. Fire. Let me guess, you know you want to start a business and you even have proof of concept and your perfect customer defined. but there's still something holding you back from actually launching your website. Hosting companies, coding design elements, these are not in your realm of expertise. And unfortunately, you're allowing these things to halt your progress. That stops today because Squarespace has you covered. Squarespace makes it simple to drag and drop your way to a beautiful website, no coding required. With Squarespace, you get the whole package including a dashboard with easy-to-use tools in a free domain when you sign up for one year. Plus, you know you can trust Squarespace when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust in them too. Start your free trial today. Visit squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the promo code FIRE and get 10% off your first purchase. Garrett, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Oh, you bet. Let's do this. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: The entire structure of my family being completely against it and opposed to it and me wanting to please and appease my family. So I just didn't have that encouragement or like I didn't, I wasn't sure. Could I do this? Is this okay? Uh, You know, can I make that leap? So very much what we shared earlier.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: It's so simple, but it was the best advice. When I was 22 years old, I went up to this financial guy who was supposed to be the best in the world. I said, what, what should I do to really you know, do things right and be most successful? He says, anytime something is offered to you of value, don't hesitate to invest in it. Those are the investments that matter. Investments on paper are secondary. Investments that increase your brain and your ability to deliver value will be the most invaluable because they can never be taken away from you. And you know what? I've just been aggressive in investing in myself ever since that day.
0: What's a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: Every morning, I get up and I do three E's. Exercise, focus on a little bit of education in my area of expertise, and then a little bit that creates a little bit more personal enlightenment, whether that's meditation, doing my five-minute journal, writing out gratitude, and, uh, you know, just starting my day that way has made a huge difference because I think it puts on a shield of abundance when the world feels like it could be full of scarcity and it allows me to think more clearly and start the day out with a success. So I've already released endorphins. I've already got more energy and I'm already showing up as the most powerful version of me versus being reactionary to all the noise that the world has to offer.
0: If you could share an internet resource like Evernote with fire nation, what would it be and why?
1: I'm sure that tons of people have shared some pretty cool resources. Uh, like, I don't know if people have shared Slack before or, you know, uh, MyFitnessPal on the fitness Ooh, side. Ooh,
0: that's <laughs> one we haven't heard for a while.
1: Yeah, and but Trunk Club is the newest app that is kind of nice because I don't have to go shop anymore. Clothes <laughs> come to me, and I just like that. And then they show me what matches and how to put wardrobes together, so... Uh, you know, those, those are a couple apps I'm using quite a bit.
0: Garrett, I have a trunk club within five feet of where I'm standing right now. <laughs> it is just full of clothes that I can't wait to try on. Now, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why?
1: There's so many amazing books out there. But I'll just tell you, I think what would the Rockefellers do has been the culmination of what I've been studying. And uh, I think just to understand how to perpetuate wealth beyond just money but through the values of who you are so that your great, great grandkids know what your name is, what you stood for and their lives are impacted where they're not born into bondage anymore, but there's a family bank already set up where they could use money from that, pay it back and have a board of individuals that represent the key aspects of who you are to your next generation and have that continue on. I mean, You know, that's a little bit self-promotional. I also think Give and Take by Adam Grant is a killer book, too. Just uh, read that last year.
0: Give and Take by Adam Grant. And what would the Rockefellers do? I mean, Fire Nation, I am really curious to know why the Rockefellers crushed it and still do. And why the Vanderbilts fell flat on their face. I'm legitimately interested. So don't tell me, Garrett, because I'm going to read it and I'm, I'm looking oh, forward man. to it.
1: Copy coming your way, man. Copy coming your way. Yes.
0: Fire Nation, I know you love audio. So I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book for free at eofirebook.com. And Garrett, is what would the Rockefellers do in Audible?
1: No, it's just at the printer right now. It will be in Audible eventually. It's, uh, it's brand new, hot off the press. Although... Honestly, an hour before this call, I just bought a book on Audible. So I highly recommend Audible. And it's
0: awesome. Garrett, I want to end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance for Fire Nation. The best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Wealthfactory.com. You can grab a cash flow guide for entrepreneurs for free on that page. You can go to the About Us section, find out how to be a better investor with the investment scorecard or you know there's just some really cool resources and and you know it lets you know kind of the company I'm I'm part of where we're freeing entrepreneurs from you know the financial bondage they face by creating cash flow to cover their expenses so it's not about retirement accounts and locking it away forever it's about creating cash flow today in a way that's consistent with who they are and what they know called investor DNA
0: and what's a parting piece of guidance
1: Invest in relationships. I think, uh, you know, that's that's really such a huge key. And celebrate your wins. As entrepreneurs, we're constantly bombarded with so many things that I think a lot of times we don't take the time to celebrate wins. And uh, a lot of times we can be isolated. So anytime uh, I have a good relationship or someone in town. I always remember people over projects. The projects can get done and I have a team and it helps me be a better and more effective delegator if I just spend those time with those relationships because I know I'm going to learn. I know I'm going to be uplifted. So it's also friends versus friendly. Only invite friends into your life, people that support you, want to see you succeed. And those that don't, just be friendly with them. Don't let them into your heart. Don't let them know all the things that you're up to, but you can be cordial so it doesn't have to be a major issue. But friends versus friendly has saved me a lot of heartache and it got me back a whole lot of time that I've been able to plow back into something that matters instead of something that doesn't.
0: People over profit. Love that. And Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with GBG and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. Just type Garrett in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. And of course, go directly to wealthfactory.com. A lot of great giveaways, tons of great knowledge bombs there waiting for you. And of course, his book, What Would the Rockefellers Do is a must-read if you want to know why they succeeded, why the Vanderbilt's failed, and the secret to wealth. And I want to thank you, Garrett, for sharing your journey again with Fire Nation. And for that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. If you're ready to share your voice and message with the world, freepodcastcourse.com is for you. Learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast for free. And Ignite!